This is the My Lady ADHD podcast, a place to find common ground with other ADHDers, where we learn all about our ADHD brains while laughing alongside amazing guests who really get it. My name is Trina Haynes, and I'm so grateful you're here. Let's do this thing together. Well, hey there, partner. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but you're welcome. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super, super glad you're here with me. I'm your host, Trina Haynes, and I'm in a mood today, apparently, so strap in. (laughs) Uh, Today, I'm talking with my friend, Kara Jo Levery. She's an ADHD career coach, and we're going to get all into what ADHD career coaching is. She's got some great tips and advice, uh, and I know you're going to really like this episode. Until then, I want to just give you a couple of quick updates. Uh, my first ADHD women's retreat is one month away from today. We're going to be going to Jamaica. I have a, a group of women joining me. I'm the very first ever ADHD women's retreat. It's going to be in Jamaica. It's going to be amazing. And I know you're thinking that you really want to be a part of this. So if you want to be a part of retreats moving forward, we're going to be adding dates for 2024 very soon. You'll want to sign up for the newsletter. You can find that newsletter here in the show notes, or you can jump on my website, myladyadhd.com. And there's a place there where you can sign up for that newsletter. And that's where I'll send out all the updates for the upcoming retreats. Plus I send out a weekly blog that is just fabulous if I do say so myself. Uh, So you'll get that too. So bada bing, bada boom. I think you should do that. Uh, One more thing I have, as of today, I have one more spot remaining for one-on-one coaching. Uh, You can learn more about one-on-one coaching with me at trinahaines.com. That's T-R-I-N-A-H-A-Y-N-E-S. Or you can go to myladyadhd.com and find information there about coaching. Uh, Other than that, I really don't have many updates. I'm just prepping for this Jamaica trip. I'm really, really excited about it. And I'm just, you know, I'm doing my thing. So I think we should dive into today's episode with my friend, Kara Jo. So let's go. Welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm excited to be here too. I know. I'm super pumped because uh, Kara and I have been working together uh, behind the scenes for a while, and I've just been wanting to have somebody come on and talk a little bit more in depth about what ADHD career coaching looks like, because uh, I think a lot of us need this. A lot of us in this community need help with our careers because it's just a place where we are struggling. I hear so many people in this community are struggling at work. And so I just want to talk about it. So let's do it. (laughs) You are spot on. Absolutely. And uh, one of the reasons why I felt going into coaching as a career for me was such a strong match is because one, I care about people and I want them to be able to have great experiences. And that includes our work lives. And uh, I'm a late diagnosed ADHD myself, and I've experienced what it can look like when you're not really certain what direction to take your career or you're having challenges and you really don't know how to get through them. So um, in addition to all the stuff that we have to face as ADHDers, this is a pretty critical one, especially if you live in the U.S. and we don't have a lot of safety nets when it comes to safety and security issues. And that includes finances. I know. 
Yeah, I've I've mentioned this on podcast episodes before. You know, I've really personally struggled with my career. I th- I would say it is the largest piece of the ADHD puzzle for me. Like the hardest part of my life has been trying to find my way through the workplace. I've had 35 different job titles, not including being a mom. I that's a whole other ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh and I um I feel for people when they come, you know, they're they're DMing me and they're sending me emails like I'm really struggling at work. I want to change my career on a whim. Like mm-hmm. I'm the person that's like, "Oh, there, that's an interesting job that person over there is doing. I want to do that now. Like I want to switch my career every time the wind blows. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people with ADHD have this same thing. And it is incredibly frustrating to be in that position when you see like people, maybe neurotypical people on a, on a path that's just very straight and narrow and obvious. And they look like they're doing it easily. And we're over here like, struggle bussing <laughs> <laughs> or ping-ponging around Ping-ponging. and that's yeah that's some of the kind of um maybe like the mythology in our culture around careers that's a lot of the like genre or topics that get discussed discussed in career coaching a whole lot because we have internal scripts And those scripts tell us that the way that we feel led to engage in the world around us is wrong or is not okay or is not appropriate. And all of that is so wrong. And I just want to rip that apart and give people the confidence that they can do life differently than what the standard narrative dictates and that it is not wrong. It is something that you can engage in and really enjoy life. And you have not only the right, but I think the personal responsibility too, to do that for yourself and to ensure that that aspect of your life, which again, especially here in the US, is normally a really large portion of what we do every day. So- that that's the goal, right? Is to help ensure that people feel like they're creating a balance that works really well for them and how their brains naturally work. Right. Yeah. It's, it's taken me a lot of years to figure out like my, how I work, right. How my brain works and getting diagnosed was like a huge piece of that puzzle of like figuring out, Oh, well, that's why my brain works that way. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I I still haven't figured out the career thing, to be honest with you. I don't know if I ever will, like, land somewhere. You're doing so great right now. Do not worry. You're doing awesome. Oh, that's, you know what, though? Like, I think that's a part of ADHD that is, like, really important to discuss is feeling, always kind of feeling like you're not, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing it right. And we can get into that later. I think I think it would be a good place to start maybe is like, what the heck even is coaching? And I think yes. that's a really good place to start in general because I've, get, I've had a lot of people ask me personally, because I do coaching, like what is the difference between therapy and, and coaching and like why you would need an ADHD coach in general. So I think that's a good like starting point. So I'm thinking like the the main difference between therapy and coaching, in my opinion, um, coaching is like 
having like a cheerleader on your side Mm -hmm. that is like helping you come to decisions on your own. Mm -hmm. Am I right? (laughs) That's definitely an aspect of coaching for sure. Um, Yeah. Part of my background is working in higher education, like you know, and I worked as a general career coach for about five years with mostly undergraduates that were traditionally aged like 18 to 22 going on into their big career transition, right? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Which is really not ever the rest of your life, even if you're neurotypical. So keep that in mind that just because we're changing careers, maybe at a faster pace, um, if we decide that's something we want to do, doesn't mean that that is out of the norm, right? Neurotypical Mm. folks change their careers a lot more often than the cultural narrative tells us. Normally, well, this is data that's a little bit older, but it's still pretty accurate. Um, In recent census data, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they look at all this information about people's careers. And so they analyze it and then they give the data to the public to use. The um, last couple censuses, the average number of career changes, not job changes, but career changes in the US is seven, seven career changes. And we know our ADHD population is, there's definitely more people I'm sure that are uh, interested in diagnosis and haven't been counted, right? Uh, so I'm sure that population is higher than what the numbers mm-hmm. say That's right a big now. number though. That to but me, yeah, that's, that's bigger than I would have pictured. Absolutely. It's millions and millions and millions of people that are a part of the census data. So that definitely paints that picture that we're not alone. We're not the only people that are interested in chasing things like novelty and our interests as they flow, Um, especially as the job market changes and new different types of careers are coming up. Whatever your educational experiences or training has been, it's never going to prepare you unless you're prepared generally. And I can talk more about this from an educational standpoint later, if we decide to go into it. I want to. Uh, Yes. So the things that prepare you the best for whatever is to come are transferable skills. And we can define that a bit more, but uh, the core thing that I think is important to know in career coaching is that you have so many different options and that there is a balance between the information that we might need to look at or the information that you know or think you know, right? And the exploration that we do of you as an individual and figure out, all right, where's where's the balance? Do we need to know more information about who you are and the world of work? Or do we know a lot about one or the other and we need to make adjustments so that then we can take some actions? Mm. Um, but yeah, in, the, in that experience- I'm hoping- I'm hoping that you do this through like personality tests, because to be honest with you, like I love personality tests. Okay. Like I've been trying to figure myself out my entire life, like Zodiac, palm reading person, like the, what the Enneagram, I know all of those things because I think a lot of ADHDers actually do love this secretly. I I think part of it too is recognizing that we feel a bit different 
from yeah. the neurotypical population. And we really want to try to understand ourselves. We're trying to blend in. We're just trying, we're trying to blend yeah, in. <laughs> trying to blend in or like trying to figure out what makes me me so that I can figure out how to fit into the world around me. Mm, I'm and, all about some personality tests. Like yeah, if career coaching is just like a crap ton of <laughs> <laughs> I try not to cuss on here, but it does happen. Um, if it's just like a lot of personality tests that are like, tell me about myself, bring it on. Like that sounds right up my alley. And I would be really interested. I love career coaching. I think I'm going to finding out about yourself. Yeah. I think I'm going to run a poll on Instagram and be like, do you love personality tests? Like <laughs> I need to know if I'm the only one that just like is trying desperately to figure this out. Like, oh yeah, I think you'll have like 90% yes, 10% yeah. no. Every and, one of them uh, like, oh yeah, I know, I know my Enneagram, like I know I'm a lion, <laughs> I like I know all these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a lion, I'm a monkey, like obviously, I'm a monkey. There's like lion in year of the rabbit. Is that lion monkey? Oh, I'm well, I'm the year of the ox. So that's the Chinese zodiac. Uh But there's another test is like four different animals of like, yeah. yeah. And I'm the monkey. I think it's like monkey, lion. uh, I don't know. I'm lost. Dolphin. I don't know. (laughs) There's so many different ones to choose from. And anyways, absolutely. That's that's part of career coaching. Um, but yeah, back in back in my days as a career coach in the higher ed sphere, you really want to do things that are data based, and you want to be sensitive to and inclusive to pretty much any kind of student that can walk through the door. So one of the things that I would start um, kind of like developing a conversation around, or at least introducing during that first session where you're getting to know somebody, is defining what coaching is, what it can look like, and how that applies to careers. And just like you said, the difference between therapy and coaching is kind of where we start. Because often in our life experiences, we've heard a lot of things about what therapy or psychology or psychiatry, um, et cetera, et cetera, positives and negatives. What have people heard? What do Mm -hmm. they believe currently? And and how does that present in a coaching environment? They are right. not the same thing. One is very much going to be focused on making sure that the client or the, um, yeah, we'll use the word client. I use the word client more regularly. So we'll keep that one not to be confusing. Uh, but when your client comes in, they're the ones that are going to express what their current realities are, what they're experiencing. And then the counselor listens. Their main goal is to listen. There are some theories in counseling. This is based on some of my my own educational experiences. I attempted a master's in counseling and had to pause for a while. So some of what I learned in the theories of counseling um, have expanded my knowledge, of course, of what that could include. But most of the time in counseling theories, you are going to pick one that you want to practice. And they're often very, very listening, not only focused, but limited to Mm. listening. There's not much feedback that you give. And as I was learning about that in my own experiences, trying to get that certification to become a counselor, 
I realized that's not at all what I feel is beneficial for certain circumstances or certain individuals. And that's not the style of communication that I really want to practice. I want to be able to actively help and support people. And that means based on my understanding of my personality and how I do that, I want to give information. I want to give resources. There are some counseling theories where that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, let's see if I can remember uh, the titles of them. And the one that I was leaning more towards in my preparation was feminist counseling or feminist counseling theory, which again, defining things, feminism is more about creating a world where anybody has the opportunity to do the things and be the things that they want to do and be uh, in an equal environment. Um, but because of all the inequalities that have existed uh, here in the U.S., where that theory, I believe, was majorly developed, uh, we know that those inequalities are still very persistent. So feminist counseling is going to work with the individual, regardless of their gender, sexual orientation, or other identities to analyze what their experiences are and then uh, provide correlated resources or information. I was like, that sounds like the best one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing this training at the same time I was doing coaching, career coaching, and then applying some of that uh, knowledge to how I was uh, behaving or leading, I guess, in a career coaching session. Interesting. So, The distinction really that I would explain between the two is one is listening focused and definitely uh, in that more mental health or healthcare uh, model, a therapeutic model. And then coaching and specifically career coaching is going to be focused on understanding the individual and then the topic that that coaching is related to and providing information, resources, and emotional support for that person as they reach a goal. I've told you guys so many times that one of the biggest struggles that I have with my ADHD is my inability to manage my time. Like I cannot estimate how long it will take for me to complete tasks. I put way too many tasks on my to-do list and then I beat myself up for not getting through the list. Sound familiar? Well, this is why I've been really excited to find Llama Life. I really believe in this product and I can't recommend it highly enough. Llama Life has been one of my favorite tools for my ADHD toolbox. It's something that I use nearly every day to help me figure out the flow of my day. It's beautifully designed, simple, and flexible. It uses time boxing to help me sort through all of the tasks I need to complete. It's colorful and fun and so easy to use, probably because it was designed by someone who has ADHD. If you want to check it out for yourself, head on over to llamalife.co. They have a free trial with no credit card up front. And then once you're hooked like I am, make sure to use the code ADHDSocial20 for 20% off your first payment. That's A-D-H-D-S-O-C-I-A-L 20, ADHDSocial20 for 20% off your first payment. So we're talking a lot about what your goals are and how who you are and how the world around you influences how you might achieve that goal or there yeah. hurdles that you're going to have to jump over or are there hurdles that you anticipate might be an issue there might be some risk 
Are you willing to take on that risk? Do we want to avoid that risk? What's your risk tolerance? Uh, there's tons and tons and tons of topics that fit into not only coaching, but specifically career coaching, because you live a life outside of your career, that life outside of your career or careers or interests, job interests, work interests, all of that also influences what you do at work or who you are at work mm -hmm. and how you want to be at work. Um, so there's tons of overlap, but definitely there is that distinction between therapeutic listening and counseling and providing support towards reaching goals that is more specific mm. to coaching and coaching right. theory. Yeah. I feel like coaching too will like really help you like with prioritizing. I think that's yeah. what a lot of people with ADHD need help with is like prioritizing kind of a little bit more of accountability, which you don't really see typically with therapy. Um, yeah. So it's like accountability goals and uh, prioritizing, which are obviously three things that we all need help with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything under the realm of executive functioning, if we can yeah. externalize it in some way, it absolutely is, I, I would say pivotal for our brains in adapting to the world around us. The world around us isn't made for us, um, but we can do a lot of different things to help ensure that we can get things done that we want to get done or yeah. have the experiences that we want to experience, even if that environment isn't very, sometimes yeah. I want to say tolerant of our brains. And sometimes I want to say knowledgeable, well-informed or inclusive. Um, it really mm. can kind of depend on the environment that you go into. Um, and that's part of, I think, an additional aspect of what career coaching can look like for ADHDers is analyzing the types of work interests that a person might have, what's really well aligned for them based on their knowledge and experiences and their general interests. We want to examine if that is an overall match in a lot of different areas, but specifically when it comes to accommodations or when it comes to hostility towards mental health, mental well-being, um, there's lots of aspects that would, would be really, uh, crucial to explore in career coaching. If you're at that point where you're anticipating a switch or you're wanting a switch in roles, um, or maybe you're experiencing a lot of intolerance or a mismatch when it comes to how, um, how able capable you are to adapt, or if that system is set up in such a way that it's not going to allow you to adapt. Yeah. Uh, we often take the experiences that we have that are negative and we place the blame on us because let's be real here. <laughs> I see your face. Oh, <laughs> I feel it on the inside truth too. bomb. That hurt. That was we painful. <laughs> because a lot of us, as we've grown up, it's been placed on us. And so the only reality that we know is that we're the center of all of our own problems. And, but sometimes it actually might be like, whoa, you need to move on. This is a toxic environment. 
Sure. Sound sound familiar, Kara? Oh, yes. That's also (laughs) part of my life experience, like career experiences. Uh, So that is a big part of when I was in my counselor training, what drew me to feminist counseling as well. Similar types of uh, overlap between thinking about how systems can impact people individually and their family systems. So thinking about the macro, what are the, the big, big things that influence our lives? It is cultural systems. It is social systems. It is governmental systems. Lots of different systems. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any individual way. Well, most of us, unless we're very rich and very powerful, uh, we don't have a way to make really big waves and changing those systems as one single person. There's lots that we can do when in common groups we come together and we mm-hmm. can make change. Um, those are things that I think about all the time when it comes to careers. So that perspective is important. We are not solely responsible for all of the issues that we experience as we try to What? What? <laughs> Are you there are some times, right, where we got to take I responsibility am, for our choices. I am not at fault for every single thing. No, oh. you are not. You are not. Systems oh. are not for us. And um, boy, I want. I need that tattooed on my forehead or something. It took me a long time to get there, and the only reason why I was able to was because I was fortunate enough to be in educational pathways that gave me that knowledge. None of us are, none of us are born understanding the complexities of the world around us. And when I, you know, was in career coaching with undergrads, I would often say, you're not born knowing how to write a resume. You're not born knowing how to communicate and network effectively. Like these are not things that anyone teaches you sometimes either unless Mm -hmm. you specifically go out and request that support if it's even available to you or if you know it's a support that you can ask like how to interview how to write a resume oh yeah those are some skills those are some skills that we don't all come by naturally and they can really hold us up naturally Mm -mm. oh man i've been on thousands of interviews and i had a moment and i'm not exaggerating it's probably been thousands I had a moment a few years ago where I realized, wait, I could be bad at this. <laughs> I might actually not be great at this. Like I thought I was really good at it. And I like everyone else was like, like they were the problem. Like, why aren't you hiring me? I'm like amazing. And I had a moment right after an interview where I was like, wow, I actually could need help in this area. Mm. and uh I had to get help in that area to to like I was having a hard time with like run-on sentences and getting lost Mm. in the quest when someone would give me a question I would just lose the question and go on my ADHD tangent and I was having a really hard time thinking on the fly because they'll which I am very quick but when they throw something at you you know name your the first idea your and someone with ADHD, I have no memory. Like my memory is completely gone. Like, I don't know what my biggest success was in the business world. I I cannot think on the fly like that. And I was just trying, like pulling something out of thin air. And I think 
all that time, I thought I was just nailing interviews. I was like, I'm so good at this. Like, why aren't people hiring me? But then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) I actually might, (laughs) I actually might need help here. And that was like a big, like mic drop moment for me where I was like, oh man. And it's okay. It's okay to ask for help here. Absolutely. Um, I'm probably going to share. Be comfortable or knowledgeable about it naturally. None of us are. Interviews are so weirdly formal and our perspectives on them are also generational and cultural and not always. They vary greatly. Like where an interviewer is at and what their expectations are for the interview and trying to figure out how to prepare yourself. I think sometimes the job description is one thing and you're like, this is great. And then you get in an interview and you're like, this is a whole nother company. Like this is not the company I thought I was applying for. They're very rigid. They're very, you know, and then of course they get you with the questions of like, well, how are you with time management? And you're like, Ah! Uh, well i'm actually horrible at managing my time. Like, let's be honest. How, what about you and attention to detail? Uh, well, um, and those of us that grew up very, very anxious about all those things will be like, I have systems. Let me tell you about oh, all the things girl. I do. Oh, I'm so good at time management. <laughs> I am like a pro. And then you're like, well, I just flat out lie to these people. Like they shouldn't hire me. <laughs> but I now have leaned into more honesty about those things. And I've just been really brutally honest in my interview about those things and just tried to like touch on it and then go back to my strengths. Right. Right. And a part, part of what I would, if I were career coaching you right now, I would challenge you Trina, to not Please. use the word suck. I do not suck hated it when it came out of my mouth. I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. You just look at that perception of reality differently than perhaps the majority of the population. But it might not even be depending upon what role you're applying to, what industry it's in, what kind of personalities work at that place. You might find that like, okay, this this place is full of other potential ADHDers, right? You can't always straight up ask like, do you have ADHD? But there are some similarities that you might be able to recognize I As love when the interviewer has an ADHD. I'm like, oh, yes. we're vibing. Yes. This is the best. Right. And then it's great. Yeah. But yeah. definitely when you experience someone who is very different from you in personality and uh, behavior, yeah, that can really make us super, super nervous. And mm-hmm. and make Masking. us go back into some of those internal scripts that we're often trying to get rid of, mm. or sometimes that we don't know that we have that say, you're not good enough. You can't do these types of things that they want you to do. You'll never be able to measure up. And you just have to like, eke your way through, right? Mm -hmm. You can't tell them about who you really are because they won't accept you. None of those things should be accurate in our world. There will 100% be times where we experience discrimination or prejudice about how our brains work. I won't say that you won't ever have those experiences again if you do career coaching, because that would be a lie. Um, It happens. 
But there are absolutely things that we can do internally to help us accept us and who we are and how our brains work and then practice ways to communicate about how our brains work and why it's a benefit to have that kind of diversity in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I think also coaching helps you figure out like your own boundaries with like what types of jobs you're applying for. And so like, I've gotten really particular, like, you know, when I was applying for jobs, like when I would see a job description and it would say attention to detail, you know, must be great at X, Y, Z. I'd be like, this is a red, this is a red flag to me. Like, cool. That's great that you want that. I understand why you want that. Am I going to be able to do that and feel good about that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I deliver it with one question? Like, can I deliver this? But also two, can I be, can I maintain mental health and mental wellness Mm. while delivering it while delivering that? Mm. So Part of, yeah, part of my own personal journey was exactly that, looking at job descriptions or looking at projects that were available or things that I was asked to do and whether or not I should set my own boundaries. Sometimes even knowing that I could set boundaries or that I should set boundaries yeah, and how to communicate that in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was, woo big, big, big lessons learned in the first decade of my work experience. Really tough. I mean, I'm still learning a lot of that stuff and it, you know, it depends on your level of comfort with ADHD. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm now at the point, obviously I can't really hide my ADHD. If someone sees a video of me on Instagram, like my coworkers, my boss, like it's, it's likely that I could be outed for having ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm very upfront about it, very open and very honest about my situation. Take it or leave it. If you don't want to hire me, right? I don't want to work here. Like that's kind of my right. mentality. And, yeah. you know, I talked a lot about this on the, let's see when this one airs, it'll be two episodes ago. I did an episode about disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're thinking about like disclosing to your your uh, employer. That's a really great episode to listen to. I just want to throw that out there. But also I was going to mention this, there's an episode, maybe 10 episodes back where we talk about workplace accommodations. That's another Mm. really great one to listen to. And I'll share both of those in the show notes here on this episode. Um, But yeah, like that's something that also you mentioned earlier that you can like walk, you walk coaching, walks you through some accommodations and kind of helps you figure out accommodations Um, So I don't really know where I was going with that, but I think there's some resources out there in the podcast. There's a couple of episodes you could listen to kind of about this career thing. Um, And then I've written a couple of articles that maybe I can link in here too, that just kind of go over accommodations and things like that. Um, I just think, I think coaching is a lot of like having you look inside yourself a little bit more, like coaching Mm -hmm. you to, to think about why you feel that way. And why you might want to think differently. (laughs) Right, right. It's taking a lot that might be subconscious and bringing it to your conscious mind so that you can actively process and understand what 
the, what your current reality is maybe like juxtaposed on. <laughs> and okay, now that I realize this about myself mm. and about what my experiences have been, do I want my experiences to change? Do I want to take action to do something differently? And mm. your coach is there to help you process and help you understand what your options are and help you understand what your level of risk tolerance or intolerance is in regards to those steps so that we're not so overwhelmed by all the possibilities. I know my anxiety gets the best of me often when making important decisions, so much so that I shut down and I don't make them. And I mm. will sometimes actively ignore them <laughs> because it feels uncomfortable to try hey, Kara, to work. That's ADHD. That. ADHD, right? And that's why I sought out you, Trina, to make sure that I was having set aside time to talk about those things and to process them. So just like as a therapist, you should have your own therapist. As a coach, you should have your own coach to help you work through what you need to process in order to help support others as they're going through yeah. what they're struggling with. Or even we talked about this before the podcast uh, when we started recording, but the, um, the other aspect of coaching is helping ensure that you're preemptive. You are understanding that there may be concerns that will come up in the future or life changes that might come up in the future that will impact what you're doing for work or how you're making your money or financial stability and working through that with another person that's able to guide and to give you those next steps and uh, to just, you know, kind of be there, be a repository sometimes of yeah. what you've discussed. And hey, remember that time when you mentioned XYZ, this might be impacting you now or might impact you in the mm. future. So mm -hmm. what are the things that have worked well for you to help you prepare for when those challenges happen? Let's put those into place, right? So that you can be ready or well, or feel like you can go into that concern or issue stronger and more yeah. confident than you had been in the past. Um, so those are some of the kinds of conversations you can have. And mm. um, it's like body doubling, but on steroids in a good way. <laughs> and uh, awesome. me, I externally process all the time. A lot of us with ADHD do. So knowing that I have someone who's listening and kind of plucking out some of the concepts or ideas that perhaps need a bit more attention it's like someone externally organizing your thoughts. And mm. when you have some struggles with how neurotypicals utilize executive functioning on a regular basis, uh, to have someone else do some executive functioning on your behalf when you're like, I'm stressed and <laughs> I don't know what to oh, do no. about this. We need that. We all need beautiful. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very helpful. Whether, um, I mean, absolutely seek out career coaching or coaching in general if you're feeling in crisis in some ways. Right. Uh, Which but, is interesting because, and I want to mention that, like, that that's how we met is that you yeah. reached out to me because she was kind of in crisis and mm -hmm. felt like you felt like you were doing a lot of things wrong in, yeah. in the, in the company that you're working for, you were taking a lot of that blame on of like, 
mm-hmm. you felt like really heavy at the time. And the conclusion that we came to was like, it wasn't you, you were in the <laughs> wrong place and you needed to make a shift and yeah. um, kind of, you know, help ADHD ears, right? That's right. kind of what it came down to. Um, and so that's kind of where she, you know, Kara does career coaching for people who are like in the workplace and just kind of really need some guidance and help and figuring out what, you know, next steps or, or how to navigate the workplace and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I tend to come in when someone, uh, is looking, it hasn't been able to find that and wants to create that themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're really struggling in the workplace and they've decided, you know, a career path, the, the, the typical standard workplace is not for me. I think I need to build something on my own. And I, and I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and creatives to like kind of make that transition into, you know, that's still, there's still a lot of issues there. Yeah. Just doesn't solve everything, but there's, it's still a lot of issues there. And like, that's, there's so many different types of coaching is kind of what I'm getting at. I know coaches that work specifically for people who are dealing with burnout. I know like parenting, there's, there's mom coaches, there's parenting, there's career, there's all kinds of very niche specific coaching. And so I just wanted to like throw that out there that if you're looking for specific help with your relationship and like your partner has ADHD and you don't know what to do, um, there are a lot of resources out there and I will share a link, uh, to a couple of coaching, places you can go if you're looking for something other than career coaching or if you just want to look at the whole shebang and see what kind of coaching is out there there's a couple of great resources there's a girl that i know named camden who started an a uh, coaching directory um yeah we need to get you on there first yes, please <laughs> um yeah and so she is awesome and she has like all these lists of different types of coaches so i just wanted to like mention that that like yeah. Career coaching isn't the only option. It is a fabulous option for someone with ADHD because I, like I said, I think this is a place that we all, all of us are struggling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a great starting point because like, if you think about how much time your career takes up in your life and your day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And how it impacts you outside of work and inside your body as well. This, this was something that in my kind of like brainstorming, thinking about, okay, what can we talk about that? I felt it was really critical to mention. You mentioned support with burnout and support with kind of managing all these other roles in our lives. Those are all going to be part of what we have to manage in a way that works well for us so that we are not in a state of chronic stress. This is one of the biggest issues in the U.S., whether you have ADHD or you do not. There Mm -hmm. are so many parts of our intersecting identities, regardless of who we are, that are just rife with types of pressure that creates chronic stress. Well, and a lot of people with ADHD are, are workaholics. Too. We are. There's some, we are. There's some t- statistics there where like a lot of ADHDers are workaholics. Right. And there's, there's a difference between working because you're enjoying it and that you are in a flow state and it is you stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. So positive stress 
versus distress, which the more we're sitting in it, it's chronic stress. And chronic stress leads to so many other pervasive health issues, chronic health issues. And um, there's very interesting research that's going on about how much comorbidity there is, which essentially means the, the prevalence that if you have ADHD or any other diagnosis that you might have a secondary mm-hmm. or tertiary diagnosis that all overlap together. Um, so ADHDers are, are very prone to anxiety, to depression. There's a lot of research out there that correlates the prevalence of autism with uh, another additional diagnosis for ADHD. Um, there's so many different things that we need to pay attention to um, in order to ensure that we're it's well. Heavy. It's it really heavy. heavy. And it's really yeah. helpful to have someone else to like share that weight with. I will say like, um, I have a yeah. coach. I think everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs a coach. I would love to mm-hmm. have right now a therapist and a coach. I think that yeah. would be an ideal combo for me. I yeah. I had an amazing therapist and she left her practice. And so I mm-hmm. like, I just haven't felt like starting that whole process over again of finding yeah. another therapist. A lot. Um, but yeah, it is just really helpful. And I just, I really wanted to do an episode about just coaching in general and like what it looks like, yeah. um, which is why I'm really glad to have you on. So uh, one thing I kind of, before we like wrap up, mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about like who career coaching is for. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling X, Y, Z, call Kara. That's how okay. I feel about it. <laughs> Awesome. So there are so many different reasons why career coaching might be something you want to explore. We talked about being preventative, preemptive. So if you know there's some change coming up in your life that is going to impact your work, your financial stability, um, the way you maneuver through life, then career coaching can be a great fit. There is a, a gal who reached out to me who is a young professional she graduated from college probably about five, six years ago. She's gotten married and she and her partner are looking to have their first child, but she's unsure with what um, company she's working with now and how they handle parental leave. Uh, like, how do they make all that work? How does she go through that transition more seamlessly? And how does she work with her partner on that as well? Um, so bringing ADHD into the equation there and uh, knowing kind of how sometimes we <laughs> we deal with stress, we deal with choices that might be complicated. Transitions, yeah. Transitions. Um, I talked about how my, my initial coping mechanism has been to just avoid it. It'll be fine. Like the decision will happen or uh, things will happen. Just we'll get done. Um, it's not always great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always yeah. helpful. So there are tons yeah. of different ways that we respond to stress that we can be preemptive about. Um, if you are currently in crisis mode, seek out counseling and or coaching or both, just like you mentioned, Trina. I think it is really great to have someone who's helping you process what's happening in your brain and then having somebody else on the coaching side, take what you've processed or what you're processing and help you distill how you want to respond, what steps you want to take, what goals you want to reach, how are you going to get there? What resources do you need? 
Yeah. Uh, so career coaching in particular, this would be how do we make the money that we need to make in order to survive and what works well for me as mm -hmm. an individual uh, with all these different things happening in my life. Um, mm. So if do you help thinking, someone, sorry, quick question. Do you help yeah. someone like, are there, are there's people like me that just like have no idea what they Absolutely. want to do. Oh my God. And it's not just us in the neurodiverse community. Neurotypicals deal with this too. 100%. It's like, we don't, we're not born knowing how to interview or write a resume. We're not born with like one specific perfect career fit. That is hey, part of But can I say that those people that are born with that one career, like the people that you know from fourth grade that are like, I'm going to be an XYZ, those people mm -hmm. always piss me off. And I'm they sorry. are the biggest story in the popular narrative. But you want to know how often that actually happens. Someone who says, you know, from the time that they were super little, little, they knew they wanted to be a firefighter or a doctor or whatever. There is so much influence that that person's environment has on them as a child. We think about child development, nature versus nurture or nature and nurture, right? They are in an environment where their parents are talking about career stuff. They're witnessing different types of career things. Mm -hmm. They might feel pressured to take that idea. You know, I've been told that being a doctor is really good and that I should be a doctor. My parents want me to be a doctor. So I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do pre-med. Do you know how many different pre-med students that I talked to in my career in higher education that were like, I figured out that I don't want to do this or oh, like yeah. my aptitude for this part of pre-med is not, is not where like the collegiate timeline expects me to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's yeah. taking me longer to learn that makes sense. concepts or chemistry concepts and, you know, what med school is going to accept me with three D's and chemistry. Yeah. And unless you so go even, and you have your so even those kids that knew from fourth grade, they could grow up and like, yeah, they became the doctor they said they were going to be, but they could be also miserable. That's something to think about. Yes. Yes. Yeah, th thank you for distilling that thought for me. Yes. They could also be so, so mismatched. Mm -hmm. so mismatched yeah um, but i will say that still doesn't take away to that go that, from yeah five years old to 22 years old if they do that traditional college pathway or if they do um you know pre-professional training or something like that whatever age and they go into that career and they stay in that career until they retire it's minuscule okay this minuscule. is so random but i heard who did i have on recently i was talking to uh the the one of the guys that works for adhd online they diagnose adhd he yes. and i've become really good friends he's in marketing <laughs> I've oh really adhd online? yeah Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, but I've become really good friends with the people at ADHD online. I'm working with them on a side project, but he said, and I probably should look this up just to like verify, but I know that like hit them alone, they see a huge spike in ADHD diagnosis when college starts back yes. up again every yes. single year. So mm -hmm. August, September, October, usually around October, November, when they've been there a month or two and they were yeah. like, this is they working. start struggling. Yeah. 
So many college kids are getting diagnosed with ADHD. Like at that age is when you get diagnosed. And so I love that you have the background of like working with college students, because I think that that's really important. And you and I've talked before about maybe even niching down into just working Mm -hmm. with college students because there's such a need in that community. So I wanted to just mention that there, that I know that you work with college students who are struggling to like find their way through college. So if you're listening to this podcast and you just got diagnosed and you're going into college or you're in college and you're struggling, even if you're not even in your career yet. Right. Right. I would love to talk with you because I spent the majority of my career talking with students that have very similar experiences. So yeah, you don't, for career coaching, you absolutely do not have to be in a job in a quote unquote career, which we can unpack the definition of career as well, but uh, because it can look a lot of different ways. I think um, again, being preemptive, knowing that, okay, this might be a challenge for me and seeking out coaching is going to help you avoid that level of chronic stress Mm. that we all want to avoid. I want anyone I work with to be healthy and, and healthy in a way that works best for them, not, you know, what common culture defines as healthy. I want Mm. you to feel like you have the ability to enjoy life and that you're not stuck in burnout and that you're not experiencing significant health issues um, at the level that chronic stress can bring about. Um, So yeah, be preemptive. If you are a high schooler, or if you're thinking about college, or if you're thinking about additional professional training, whether that's like in the trades or an apprenticeship, Mm -hmm. um, maybe you're thinking like, I don't know if I want to do college. I have all these business ideas that I want to execute. It is okay to do that. College will always be there. There are so many different types of students. Don't be, I mean, I absolutely would encourage collegiate education for anyone who's interested. But if you're not sure at this point, that is okay. You can yeah. explore starting a business uh, at a much younger age than some other entrepreneurs do. Yeah. Uh, that can be maybe a really great fit for you. So find a coach, explore yeah. it, and see what happens. ADHDers are 300% more likely to be entrepreneurs. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know that, Trina, until you mentioned that stat to me. And I was like, that makes so much sense. That makes so much much sense. sense Because we struggle in the workplace and we struggle to fit in environments that work well for us. At some point, we're like, okay, I'm kind of tired of struggling. Maybe Uh I should try this other thing. Like maybe I should try something else. And and if you're at that point, call me. If you're at the point where you want to like, you yeah, know, get figure started. it out, mm-hmm. there's options for you. I just want to say that. So yes. cool. Well, I am feeling like I need coaching right now after this conversation. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> you're like, if you're dealing with burnout, I was like, check. If you're dealing with this, <laughs> check. Uh, check, 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 check. Um, yeah, it's all relatable. It's something that I... And all of us have to work at every freaking day. Yes, yes. And that can be frustrating to come to that realization of like, oh, shoot, I'm not just going to fix this overnight. Like this, this is going to be something that I have to work at. Right. And And everybody does, regardless of how your brain is developed, designed, whatever word you want to use. Everyone 
needs to be in community in a way that works well for you. Mm. So if that's having those individualized conversations where you can share really privately what you're struggling with, um, I encourage that for everybody, but you don't have to be extroverted versus introverted um, or anywhere on that spectrum in order to Mm -hmm. be a great client for XYZ. Uh, a great coach should be ad- able to adapt to who you are mm-hmm. and what you need Yeah, as long as their experience and knowledge. Yeah. I've had some clients it. recently. I had a client call with someone who was very nervous about working with the coach and just yeah. didn't know how the process would be. Didn't, didn't think that they would be a good client. Like yeah. they didn't think that they would be able to keep up or whatever their, whatever they had in their mind of what coaching looked like, they thought they were going to be bad at it, which is just like another ADHDism of like, very common for us. Oh, I just want to hug you. Like you need a hug. And I feel that I, I, I feel it really deeply. So yeah. So are we going to stay on later and you're going to coach me after this? Is that what's happening? (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Well, in the meantime, where can people find you, Kara, to learn more about career coaching? Yeah. So my website is kjlcareer.coach. So K-J-L-C-A-R-E-E-R dot C-O-A-C-H. We just we danced like, that whole time. Like, we just danced. <laughs> it's great. We had a rhythm. No so, one knew that that was happening, but I'm, yeah, we were boogieing. I, I had to call it out because I really liked it. Hey, JL, Yeah. Anyways, I'll share it in the show notes so that you don't have to listen to our ditty over and over again. We absolutely would love to hear from you. There are tons of buttons on the website that talk about getting your free initial consult. I would love to have a conversation with you to help you get to know me, get to know what coaching could look like for you and to assess if it's the best option for you at that point. And I don't want you to feel like you have to have cash in the bank in order to get that kind of information. So do sign up for an initial consult. Do not worry if you have to reschedule hashtag ADHD life. We do that all the time. It is never, ever, ever going to make me upset at you or anything. Like I have to reschedule things sometimes. I Sarah, how long, sometimes. how long did it take us to get this recording done? I just, we're not gonna, we're that. not gonna. <laughs> I guess maybe we should admit to that. It took us about a couple months to be it able to get It took us a few months because we've rescheduled a few times. Yeah. There's been some hiccups. We rescheduled, but it's yeah, look, we, we made it. We did we it. it. We made it. Right? We made it happen. I so have a different aspects of what happens. I think in summer for a lot of us too. That just yeah, we were. It's got to be summer. Times and yeah, so it we can't make be it us. Happen. We're not the problem here. It's got to be summer. I will yeah, say I have a very strict policy about like not do not apologize to me when you have to yeah. change the schedule or anything like because I don't want to feel like I have to apologize. Okay, right. so like yeah, yeah, yeah both yeah. ways. Yeah. This goes both ways. I might have to reschedule on you, and you might have to reschedule on me. But we good. Like we'll get there. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that is the joy and the beauty of working with someone else who has ADHD. And it is, once you start working and like 
flowing with someone else who has ADHD, you're like, wow, I just only want to work with people who have ADHD now. It feels so great that I'm not like having to worry about whether or not this person is tolerant. I know that there's an environment of acceptance. It's safe. Yeah. And it's safe. Yeah. Yes. It's safe. It's really, really nice. I love that I work with ADHDers for like every aspect of my business now is only pretty much with ADHDers. <laughs> and I love that. And I feel a little bit bad for the neurotypical people that I work with because they, I, I feel like I have to apologize more to them than a, mm-hmm. a normal ADHDer. And I'm, I'm still trying to get like used to that of like not apologizing so much for being me. Right. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I work with just ADHD years now and it's a joy. Yeah. It's just a joy an absolute joy. I love it. So anyways, it's been fabulous talking with you. I will share all of the resources that we talked about today in the show notes and I'll share how you can get in touch with Kara and thank you again for being here with me. Thanks again for listening to My Lady ADHD Podcast. You can find more ADHD content online at myladyadhd.com and make sure to give me a follow on Instagram or TikTok at myladyadhd. Bye.